green pastures. I know you're picturing lush fields of belly deep alfalfa as far as the eye can see. Well, get that picture out of your mind. Instead, see clumps of green along the arid landscape of the Negev Desert in Israel. That's more the biblical reality. And that's what our heart is for our weekly Green Pastures devotions published by Vineyard Boise. Our hope is that each day you'll find a wee clump of green along the all-too-often arid landscape of life, just enough to sustain you, to keep you moving forward. Each daily devotion consists of four strands, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. May the Lord lead us together into the green pastures we need today to continue growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Green Pastures for Monday, September 25th. Paul's Ode to Joy. Today's scripture reading is found in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 from the New International Version, which reads, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. This is God's Word. Recently, we visited Tchaikovsky's 1812 Overture as we spent the week with the 8th chapter of Romans. And this week, it's Beethoven. What can I say? Clearly, I'm hearing classical music in my head at the moment. Beethoven's Ode to Joy was the prelude to the fourth movement of his Ninth Symphony, in which he deviated from his normal creative pattern by utilizing lyrics and the human voice. Critics were not impressed. Significantly, this was Beethoven's final symphony, written after a period of profound depression and isolation and suicidal thoughts in the aftermath of going completely deaf, a bleak prospect for any composer of music. But he composed yet again anyway. And in doing so, he employed the human voices he could no longer hear. But not in lament. He had already gone there, in spades. No, he employed those voices in an ode to joy. And though you may not know the lyrics, you have heard the tune in countless shows and films and commercials. Not that that would have thrilled him, especially the commercials. This was no mere diversion from his depressed state, but the outworking of it through an expression of joy that he would never live to actually hear. As one author puts it, Beethoven eventually overcame his despair, but he was deeply changed by it. It is no coincidence, then, that his most mature symphony doesn't follow his typical pattern of a clash between two themes, but rather a dialogue between several themes and voices. Imagine that. A clash of opposing themes replaced with dialogue between them. A dialogue empowered by the unique application of the human voice. Not a bad metaphor for Paul's letter to the fledgling community of Jesus followers in the Roman colonial city of Philippi. Philippians wasn't Paul's ninth epistolatory production, but rather the sixth in both the canonical order of his letters in the New Testament, as well as in what is the scholarly consensus as to the chronological sequence of his letters, which, if you must know, would be 1 Thessalonians, Galatians, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Philemon, and then Philippians. Though there are no doubt other opinions as to the correct sequence, what matters here is that this letter very much functions as his own ode to joy, complete with vocalized hymn, if we're paying attention. 
It's an ode to joy, not in the context of a mountaintop retreat or an idyllic repose on the peaceful shores of a Mediterranean beach. It's an ode to joy after several years of his wings being clipped, as it were. After nearly being torn apart by an angry mob, then being taken into protective custody by the Roman authorities, the people of iron in the First Nations translation, after which he faced assorted inquisitions and trials followed by years of being put on hold as he waited and waited and waited for government bureaucracies to get their act together. (laughs) Imagine that. Which they finally do, embarking him onto a commercial vessel bound for Rome, which vessel is thrown way off course by the perfect storm that ultimately shipwrecks leaving Paul and all of his other fellow passengers alive but soaked to the skin on an island that was not on their itinerary, leaving Paul, once again, hanging, this time with a viper, literally hanging from his hand. Oh, joy! But then seasons change. He boards a new vessel, makes it to Rome, where he again is put on hold for two more years chained to a Roman guard around the clock in what no doubt was a dank flat in Rome that served as his quarters. This, the apostle of the heart set free, the great missionary of the early church, the pioneer, the adventurer. He may not have been deaf, but he no doubt had some bouts where he despaired even of life as he had on at least one prior occasion. And like Beethoven 16 centuries later, the whole experience profoundly changed him. He finally learned the secret of life, he says. He finally grasped the great mystery in a way that freed him as he had never experienced freedom before, no matter how heavy the chain of circumstances might be that still hung from his wrist and ankle. At least it wasn't a viper anymore. This Pauline Ode to Joy is the tune we'll be singing over the next seven weeks in these devotions. Four chapters, 104 verses, 1,629 words, depending on the translation. It's a 14-minute read. Take the time to read it at least once this week, in one sitting if possible. And then watch the Bible Project video summary on their website or using their app. But dive in this week. See what you see. And above all, hear the song and let it in this Pauline ode to joy. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder... What has your previous experience been with Paul's letter to the Philippians? How has it impacted you? Which lines have spoken to you? To what extent can you identify with Paul's and Beethoven's life circumstances? How have you seen your own ode to joy rise out of your own story? Or are you still waiting for the inspiration? Lord, speak to us through the pages of this ancient letter. Give me ears to hear this ode to joy 
and eyes to see your hand in every unfolding circumstance. Teach me to sing this Philippian song. Teach me its rhythms. Teach me to do more than than sing it. Empower me to embody it. To your mercies.